Hello everyone. Welcome to a new show Footloose by Shreya Nesh. This is Aisha and uh, my co-host this season for this program is Tracy from New Zealand. Tracy and I go back a very 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 long way like almost 20 years. Uh we were together in college in Xavier's in Mumbai and uh Tracy uh, completed her BSc in life sciences and biotechnology and then she got married and she moved to Singapore. And we lost touch for a few years and uh you know she she was this nature lover and I knew that she was working at working with dolphins at one point of time and then when we got back in touch she told me she was doing steel journalism you know so it came as a big shock to me and uh, so here she is she's talking about um, clay caterpillars pink dolphins steel journalism and sustainable development Hi everyone, Shreyasi here, and uh, thanks, Aish, for having me on. And uh, it's great to be doing this with you. Um, talking about my career, when I look back, it's like probably the most non-linear career path I've ever seen anyone have. So um, I wonder sometimes whether that's something to be proud of or not. No, But, you should be. Um, yeah, I, I do think that the learnings I've gleaned along the way are quite unique because um, they're often. often when you are on um a, a kind of a set straight line mm-hmm. you know you educationally and professionally mm-hmm. um you you definitely have learnings you 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 take a lot from uh, your job and your in your work which is and and as you go forward in your career path you build on what you have learned and experienced mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but for me it's like I've, my my career path has been so non linear um it's i the learnings that i have are very different one the one takeaway from my entire career path was that um it showed me what i was capable of in mm-hmm. terms of uh learning new things absolutely diff- i mean completely drastically different things mm-hmm. and um, actually being able to work on them and and do a good job So take so, me through your career path like you yeah. uh, you graduated from Xavier's with a life sciences yeah. and biotechnology bachelor's degree right. in science and That's then right. you so moved was, to Singapore. Yep, so I was uh, in the life sciences department same as you and uh, um you were a year senior to me and yet we were um uh, I I think we were pretty close during those days we used to have yeah. good times there. And um so after life sciences what happened was that um i allowed myself to get involved in a whirlwind romance mm-hmm. <laughs> like a whirlwind romance <laughs> literally blown off my feet so i got married um very soon after we graduated as in my my class graduated i got a chance to work with um dr navjot sudhi he was a very established um uh, a wildlife biologist in um, in the National University of Singapore in the Department of Biological Sciences in 2004 um so in the november of 2004 we we graduated uh, i'm sorry uh, after we graduated in the november um i got married and i moved with my husband sushil to singapore 
Okay. And uh, when I moved to Singapore, I didn't want to. So, so I had always, I was always very interested in um, the natural sciences, mm-hmm. and I wanted to learn more and uh, build more professionally on the natural sciences, which is what I wanted to do. If I was, I would still be in India. I would probably have um, studied environmental uh, sciences and then gone on from there. But because I had to move to Singapore, I uh, had to kind of come to a compromise. So mm-hmm. what I did was I continued with my further studies. I, I did a master's course from uh, Sikkim Manipal University in um, ecology and environmental studies. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I was there in in uh, uh, in Singapore, mm-hmm. I completed the course. It was a dist- It was a correspondence course. So I completed the course um, by correspondence. And I've come back to India every year for two years and mm-hmm. um, answered their written tests, written exams, and then go back. Okay. Um, but the, the the differentiating thing was that for for a master's uh, for the master's thesis, we had to each come up with a research project, and I got a chance to work with um, Dr. Navjot Sudhi. He was a very established um, uh, a wildlife biologist in um, in the National University of Singapore in the Department of Biological Sciences. Under his uh, he, uh, supervision, I was able to complete a very, very interesting uh, master's thesis project on the impacts of forest fragmentation on, on the predation rates of caterpillars. What I had to do for the project is that I had to make these little artificial clay clay caterpillars made okay. of like, actual clay, a green uh-huh. colored clay to make them look like lime butterfly caterpillars. Uh-huh. So I made many of them and then I... I looked at uh, two continuous forests in mm. Singapore and two mm. fragmented forests in Singapore, which are more like urban forests. And okay. I placed these little caterpillars in different uh, sample areas. And uh-huh. I went back after a week or so and I checked um, checked all these caterpillars for predation marks. Okay. Predation, predation by rats and predation by other birds, insects, whatever. And then there was a statistical analysis involved to figure out how the predation rates vary between the between the forests so we are obviously much i mean very aligned to our hypothesis that the fragmentation rates would be higher in urban forests mm-hmm. we did find that so which were the urban forest. forests in singapore where you oh yeah two of the continuous forests were the um, do you remember the macritchie reservoir yeah yeah macritchie reservoir was one uh, yeah. the bukit timah nature park was another one Okay. And one of the urban forests was uh, the Clementi Park. Okay. So, it, yeah, I forget the name of the fourth one. But, yeah, that was where we went. And I remember I made Sushil tag along with me. And there was this, also this one incident where, um, for some reason, I was wearing shorts, which I shouldn't have been. When, you know, when you're, when you're out there in the wild, mm-hmm. uh, you, you should be wearing... Yeah, full uh, pants or something, because there's pictures and things like that, right? Correct, correct. And I got I got bitten bad by something, and I was uh, I was rashy all over, and all of that. It was bad. What is it? A leech or something else, or some other? No, insect. no, no. Just just some insects. I don't remember what it was. I just remember the rash. <laughs> I forget <laughs> what the insect was. <laughs> um, yeah, but then um, all's well that ended well, and uh, the results showed that forest fragmentation does affect predation rates and predation mm-hmm. rates are higher where forests are, forests are fragmented, which of course would then impact the 
the butterflies, you know, emerging from the larvae and so on and so forth. Okay. Uh, so from the pup- pupae and so on and so forth. So, um, so that was a very interesting uh, project that I did. The last time I did a project like that in the wild was in BNHS. And you're very familiar with BNHS, right? Mm-hmm. So for our, uh, for our project in Xavier's, we had yeah. done uh, an overview of the BNHS uh, butterfly species in BNHS. So this was kind of similar to that, but it was more detailed and it okay. was based on a, there, there was more of a so it was like it was just one particular kind of caterpillar that you were tracking basically correct right? correct because okay. it was a species that was very representative of uh, you know singapore so but once that happened, how did then, how did that happen and from that you got into steel journalism you know somebody like you yeah. who's one with nature and then gets into something like which is a hardcore very resource yeah, i think and capital I, I think what industry. happened I think what happened was that um, the the size of Singapore and the kind of wildlife research that was going on there, I just it was just a bit limiting for me. Mm-hmm. So what I but 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 what I did was after I finished, after I got my master's degree, I did apply to the National University of Singapore and I got a full scholarship to for a master's leading to a PhD there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the topic of my choice was studying wild dolphins. So yeah. in the Malacca Straits. In the Malacca Straits of uh, where Singapore is located, Malaysia, Singapore is yeah, located. Yeah. Um, there are plentiful uh, wild dolphin. Uh, th- there are th- there are cetacean species there, number of them. But one of the very unique ones is the pink dolphins. The okay. pink dolphins of Singapore are very unique. So if you've been to Sentosa, hmm. I don't know Sentosa. I, yeah, I don't been know to if Sentosa. You, yeah, you would have seen the captive pink, pink dolphins. Okay. Um, and uh, all. Although I'm not a fan of captive animals at all, I was definitely not a fan of of dolphins being held captive there. Um, but yeah, so so I did want to study pink dolphin behaviors in the wild. I think I I think I bit off more than I could chew in the sense, you know, with respect to uh, supervisory commitments and logistics and funding and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately what happened was that I, I interned with the Tropical Marine Science Institute there at NUS um, mm. under Dr. Elizabeth Taylor. And I got to study um, the, acoustical, the acoustics of uh, uh, the captive pink dolphins of Sentosa. So, so I used to make regular... Acoustics, one of like that whole eco-location thing. Correct. So now right. I think that works with them. That's right. Yeah, it was pretty amazing work. So... I would go there, I would make trips there and set up all the sonar equipment and everything because I was working with a bunch of actual, uh, you know, uh, marine engineers and acoustic engineers there. Mm -hmm. So I was just interning. So I was helping them out with their stuff. Um, So I'd set up the equipment and there was this, I remember there was this one dolphin, very playful. And he was, I remember him because, uh, you know, he was very playful and he was very interactive. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I had a good time there uh, learning about them and I would get the acoustics uh, data back. And, and so then the dolphins know you? Like they recognized you when oh, they were like, freaking you know, they're like very they're happy to talk smart. to you? Oh, they were they were not interested in talking to me in saying that they they, they knew that I was there but I was like somebody who was just a you no know, on the periphery of their vision. They were more interested in their in their uh, in their trainer there who was okay. this Japanese okay. lady called Keiko. I remember her name was Keiko. And uh, she was their trainer. So they were focused on her because she had the fish. Okay. You got to go with the fish. <laughs> and saying that, they wouldn't, they, they didn't, uh, they, they were just, they didn't care about me much. They didn't care about like, you. 
they didn't care about me much. She's just a peripheral human there, just like all the other okay. peripheral humans we see. So there was like no attachment <laughs> as such, like from their side. I they mean, had I'm... attachments to their trainers and to the people who work there. Okay. But they okay. were friendly. They were very friendly. But it, it's not like, you know, like with a dog, you know, when you go and see a dog and when you meet a dog and you go to your friend's place and your friend has a dog and you keep meeting the dog, kind of like, you know, they, they, the dog kind of like gets attached to you also, right? Yes, In a way, they, like they recognizes. do. They do. They do. So, I'm, I'm pretty certain that they do as well. Okay. Because they they're extremely smart animals and uh, they have a very high EQ as well. I'm not mistaken. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I would get the echolocation data back and I'd sit and look at their acoustics and um, look at, you know, uh, the similarities and the differences between that, the, the wavelengths of the acoustics. And, you know, then mm-hmm. I would uh, collect that data, organize it, and then pass it on to the researchers who are actually analyzing that data. So it was very cool stuff. I mean, you're the only person I know in the world who's like, worked with dogs. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Uh, like, I, really, I mean, you don't come across people who like work with dolphins, like, hey, you know, what are you doing today? I'm like, no, I'm going and working with a dolphin today. You know? <laughs> 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 or I'm putting caterpillars around in the forest. You know? <laughs> My gosh, I, I never thought of that, Ish. Yeah, I know, it's like so cool. Like, okay, what's the job, what's the job description? I'm putting clay caterpillars in the forest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People would laugh if they heard, but it's like now that you talk about it, I'm seeing myself in a whole new light. It's like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, it's quite cool. And then, like, so you've been like always this nature lover and all. And I remember we we lost uh, touch during the first few years when you were like just after you got married and moved to Singapore, and I was like in Bombay working at Times of India, and then we kind of like reconnected on Orkut or something. I expected you to do like masters and you know things with animals and things and and I knew about the dolphins part of it and then suddenly you go like I'm writing on steel and I'm like what <laughs> yeah I'm like, steel it? what like what exactly steel <laughs> that was one of the one of the most interesting experiences that I've had professionally speaking one of the most because it was such a dramatically different um, area of work. And, and yet it was, it taught me so much, not just about the field of study, but also about myself as a person. But yeah, what happened was that I had to withdraw my candidature from this PhD program at NUS because it, it wasn't really going anywhere. And then they, um, they asked me to potentially transfer to a lab based program where I'd be studying, I don't know, cancer or something. And I was oh, like, no, no, I was like, no, I, 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 A, I'm not built for lab work. I don't think I am. And uh, B refer to A. So <laughs> I just said, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I withdrew because I didn't want to do a PhD just for the heck of it. I wanted to, you know, for something like a PhD, you've got to be really passionate about the project at hand and you've, you've got to know what you're doing and, and uh, really want to make a difference because mm-hmm. you're making an original contribution to academia. Mm-hmm. So, so I uh, stepped back. And after that, I couldn't really find anything which was related to the natural world, okay. you know, in, in Singapore. Um, and I was uh, itching to have, you know, pro- proceed with my career and also <laughs> make some money. <laughs> because, I know, you know obviously Singapore important. is an expensive city, one of the most expensive yeah. in the world. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, so I started uh, applying to different places uh, but mostly uh, I think I relied on uh, my writing experience because I, I used to write 
um, of course now when i look back at my writing i'm like oh god what what was she thinking when she was writing? i mean i can't even like look at the stuff that i've written in times of india now <laughs> you know when i took out like uh, last month i was cleaning some drawers and i took out that stuff i was like oh christ <laughs> you know i've actually written all of this <laughs> oh, don't look at it don't look at it put it back where it came from <laughs> just put it back just see the pictures just <laughs> put it back clean it up put I it back go like phoebe go like phoebe and say my eyes my eyes <laughs> 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 oh yeah so 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 i applied and uh, there was this one company um called steel business briefing that was um basically a commodities uh, news company and mm-hmm. it was dealing with steel and all related commodities like iron ore coking coal and um, you know uh, metal scrap and things like that uh, so they wanted a correspondent for uh, who covered india because india is a big steel producing country and also a very it used to be a very big iron ore exporter i don't know how much we export now mm. but in those days it used to be a very big iron ore exporter so okay. i took the bait i um, applied and i got through so i i joined them and it was amazing because i got to um talk to uh, for, first of all i knew nothing about the steel industry so it was a huge learning curve for me Uh, learning about you know blast furnaces and how they operate and the difference between pig iron and you know molten pig iron and scrap and uh, arc furnaces and uh, yeah. iron ore and coking coal and the difference between thermal coal and coking coal and mm. all of that and uh, and also the mechanics of of uh, commodities trading you know okay. not not online trade not paper trading actual physical commodities trading okay. uh it's it, it it's messy and it's chaotic and it's pretty awesome <laughs> you, you know you look, yeah so um that was a huge learning curve for me and then um i i as i said i also got to learn a lot about myself because i think it was a big big confidence booster mm-hmm. meeting different people from all strata of the value chain from all okay. the, all all parts of the value chain so i would be talking to uh, government officials i'd be talking to um uh, to steel company officials to traders to uh, new to media um <clears throat> and uh, the research organizations and all of that and 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 the tight deadlines of having two stories out every day okay. so i'd be on call every for whole day, day and- Every, every day, day. You know, there did be short stories say did be short stories mostly to do with pricing and like mechanics and word, 300 words types 250 correct 300 to, 300 to 500 word stories wow. every day but it was it was not easy because you have a you have a uh, a set number of contacts and you hmm. don't want to keep calling them every day because yeah. you know they Uh, that that's yeah they will not have anything new to say also right no? oh they have a lot to say they have oh, something they have? to say every day yes absolutely because prices are like they almost like a living organism the commodities trade um system it's like a living organism it it it's literally breathing in and out every day okay. so it's changing there's ups and downs and ups and downs almost to the point of um, you know every half a day things things may change Okay. So I'd I'd have contacts with uh, uh, with uh, financial people and scrap traders and all would be would either they'd call me to so it would always be information in exchange for information right so mm-hmm. I'd be like okay so what's the scrap price coming from Dubai and on on this bigger ship and container uh, containerized and so there were different prices of different things coming in from different ports two different ports in India and all so it okay. was a it was a massively huge deal yeah. 
and then i got promoted to south asian correspondent so i was looking at other parts of so there's a ship building industry in uh, sorry ship breaking industry in bangladesh which i used mm-hmm. to cover as well it's okay. uh, i don't know if you remember it's it's at uh, chittagong if i'm not chittagong. mistaken yeah chittagong yeah and uh, it's the, there are it's it's a travesty it's a travesty to nature and to human life but but there it is it provides jobs to people and livelihoods yeah i mean so. you're like in gujarat like where i live there is the, there's along right which is like the largest ship breaking along that's right yeah that's right yeah so i used to cover that as well yeah uh, because uh, then the the ship the ship scrap is also metal right the part yeah. the things that are yeah. broken down so i've also visited uh, ship breaking uh, places I, i think i went to one in malaysia if i'm not mistaken or was it indonesia i don't remember now but yeah so i got a chance to travel to china and visit uh, factories in china um okay. so it was it was uh, it was actually great it 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 taught me as i said the that i could do things that are completely different and i had mm-hmm. the bandwidth to learn mm-hmm. and to um you know um work on that learning and deliver So, so how did like a core environment like person like you know because you've always like uh, tried for doing something with respect to conservation and nature and ecology somebody Correct. like that when goes to a ship breaking yard for example you know you see all the eco hazards in there right so when you, you have to like, hold your breath you have to hold your breath and you have got to calm yourself down and you've got to tell yourself that this is just my job this this is something that i'm looking at very objectively and this is the fact this is the way it is mm. and um, <laughs> move on from there yeah it's okay. it's just something that you cannot get personally involved in or emotional about you've got to maintain a very objective view of the whole thing the, the concept of sustainable development is something that we take very lightly but n- now it is people are coming to realize just how important it is with the sustainable development goals and everything you know coming mm-hmm. in the picture yeah. so it's it's something that um, has to absolutely be part of any development program you okay. cannot have uh, and the three pillars of sustainability you know in economic uh, environment uh, and um, social sustainability um they, they you simply have to when you develop you have to have all the three pillars in your consideration you cannot just work on the economic aspect at the cost of the other two or vice versa okay so so if you are setting up a mining company and you have to mine because to be honest we do need our minerals we need yeah, minerals we, from the yeah we need them to make steel we need we need iron ore for steel we need yeah, you need for everything <coughs> i mean yourself phones <laughs> exactly you need you your, know, your you, need, you need it for every every damn thing your copper your nickel your... but there has to be uh, some kind of an uh, of a um how do i put it there has balance. to be a, a But yeah, a balance. There has to be a balance. So when you are mining, say you you are setting up a mining um, company, you've mm-hmm. got to uh, do it in 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 the way that it there is no um, burden shifting. You know, mm-hmm. there there's got to be um, and the environmental aspect has to be taken care of, and the social aspect has to be taken care of as well. Yeah, it's about economic, environmental, and social sustainability all built into one. <music>